Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Scores have been rocketing up at the fourth and final, well, the third and final major of the year. They didn't actually get the open in, but they are getting the Masters in this weekend in November it's weird, but it's high scoring. Here to tell us why is a guy who knows golf better than I do, better than almost everybody on the planet. That's why we always bring him on uh, whenever we've got a big golf story to cover. Uh, he is a reporter for the Golf Channel. His live podcast, Fairways of Life, can be gotten on YouTube, Facebook Live, where you get your better podcasts. Um, we're graced by the presence of one Matt Adams here with us on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, M.A.? Jody Mack, I'm doing well, thank you. Always a pleasure to get you on. Um, first question. We start with a rain delay on Thursday, so they don't get off on time, so we know it's going to be backed up for the next couple of days thereafter. But when they get started, we start to see the players on the course and the shots they're making and the way the course is reacting. At what point did you say to yourself, hey, let me grab a club because I could actually go out and shoot a red <laughs> number at Augusta? Well, what was happening at this time of year, especially in a southern course, during the, the warm months, you're going to have Bermuda grass. Now, where you live, Jody, you'd be spraying for that like it was a weed, but they can harness it here and cut it here and make it look beautiful. But as the temperatures start to hint, not that it is this week, but they start to hint that they're going to get cold, they oversee it with a rye grass, which is a grass that you'd be familiar with, like Kentucky Blue. It's just... But at this time of year, the rye grass has not matured so that the leaves of the rye are not really thick and juicy. They're kind of narrow and wispy. And so the combination of those two grasses together is kind of like a chef's salad. And as a result, you cannot get the golf course running as fast as it normally would. Augment that with, as you noted, the rain they got this week, plenty of rain that they've been getting in the fall and throughout in the golf course is soft even with the sub air systems in the greens at augusta national there's only so much they can do you're still going to have some moisture on the surface level even on the putting surfaces but in and around the greens the golf course is going to play slower than it would in april when all you're dealing with predominantly is that ryegrass and the runout areas and the swales right now it's that mix and it's soft so uh, a phrase we use in sports other sports, not necessarily golf, team sports, is plug and play, meaning a guy who's coming in from a lower level, you just throw him in the lineup, he's good enough to go right off the bat. Well, I've seen Augusta these last three days, and it's basically plug and play. You hit it, 
it plugs wherever it hits, and you can play from there and not have to worry about undulations or long grass or whatever else. There was nothing they could do because of the weather, because of the time of the year, to not make it plug and play? Well, you got to remember something about how Augusta National is designed anyway. It's a very wide golf course in terms of the landing areas. If you look at what DJ Dustin Johnson did today, he was, he was hit every fairway. Now, that's happening. As far as he hits it and as hard as he hits it, he's hitting every fairway. Now, I'm not going to take away from the fact that he's striking the ball extremely well, which means he's starting the ball on the lines that he wants to start him on. He's hitting it with the shape that he wants to hit it on predominantly a fade. But it also means that if it normally would hit, say, a little knoll and bound off into a deeper or primary rough, that's not happening. It's sticky. There is, a, there is a supplemental story that you won't hear people talk about because it's a reverence for Augusta National, but that is mud on the golf balls, and that is happening as well. And, and a number of players have had shots that have gone wayward. Normally what happens is when you get a big old clump of mud on one side of the ball or the other, as you make contact with the ball, the ball will tend to spin in the direction, off into the direction that the mud was on the ball, and so it's really hard to try to control that and make a judgment. What do you do? Aim way left and assume that the ball's going to go right because there's mud on the right side of the ball. But what happens if it knocks off and you make contact and now you hit it 30 yards left of your target line? So it becomes a little bit of a gamble there. And, and for what it's worth, that is one of the things that players are actually dealing with. Did they ever find Bryson DeChambeau's wayward <laughs> shot from yesterday? And if so, how much mud was on that? Yeah, I don't know. I think the Segruda film may have uh, some evidence of where that golf ball went. It was a terrible break for him. You know, we keep hearing people talk about it. Before every tournament, there's the conversations. Every player gets asked about, hey, what do you think about no fans being on the PGA Tour and how different is it? And all the players are smart, right? They know that the answer that you give is, no matter what you say, oh, we miss him. It's much better when they're out here. We wish they were all out here. Whether they actually believe it or not is secondary. In the case of Bryson DeChambeau, with that lost ball, he actually 100% got stuck because there were not, as they call them there, the Patriots, their name for the fans at Augusta National. There was nobody in that area. And normally, if it's Augusta National, somebody somewhere, even if it was on the other side of the ferry, would have said, no, 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 no. it was closer to that tree, it was closer to the scoreboard or whatever. They, they would have been starting from a proper place to look for it. The other thing that impacted that, which, again, is one of these things that people that are casual golf fans may not realize, is that the governing body reduced the amount of time that you could look for a golf ball. And part of the reason that they did that was to say, you know what, five minutes for a golf ball, because they have one set of rules for everybody. Well, this is where that one set of rules sticks it to the professional golfer. Because they looked at it and said, when you say five minutes in a recreational, you know, hit a shot, drink a beer, hit a shot, drink a beer, round of golf, a guy paid how much for his Titleist, right? Five, six dollars? He's going to look a lot longer than five minutes, but he's going to tell you it was five minutes. So the USGA and the RNA said, we're going to lower that time to three minutes. And they did it with this hope of, you know, kind of speeding up the game along the way. The problem is on the professional level, three minutes is way too short. To be honest with you, three minutes, right. they need the five minutes because what could have, what should have happened with Bryson Shambo is they could have gotten, should have gotten a lot more help from the TV crew that saw that golf ball come in so they could narrow in where it came down and be able to find it. So, you know, I know there's a lot of people that wanted to see him trip up that did not want to see him do well just because of all the things that Bryson, in their mind, represents. In that case, he really he really got the, the, the raw end of that one. 
and he wasn't playing well before that. He just about made the cut, but he shot 69 today. If he goes out and shoots 69 again tomorrow and ends up minus six, how will he come out of this tournament feeling about his own game? Uh, and it depends on, on how we think he was striking the ball and all the rest. I mean, at large, I think collectively it's a shrug of the shoulders, and you go, eh, because, you know, he was the story coming in. Will he use the 48-inch driver? Won't he use the 48-inch driver? What will Bryson do? Everyone watching his every step as he brings Augusta National to his knees. Well, the funny thing about Augusta National is that it is a golf course that requires nuance. It is a golf course that requires thinking. Even though this wasn't his first Masters, it's a golf course that requires experience. So you can't come in and brawn your way to the win. With all due respect, even, even to Dustin Johnson, it hits the ball as far as he does. Just Dustin Johnson is a new Dustin Johnson at Augusta National because of what he's doing with the putter. He always has been a great driver of the golf ball, but what he's doing with the flat stick is distinguishing him, and he's been here enough times to know how it breaks towards Ray's Creek or what the nuance is in these green complexes and, and where you have to be in order to have a shot at birdie or even to make sure that you secure a par. So I think in this case, in terms of the approach, this is the way I look at Bryson DeChambeau. He's a young guy. Yeah, he had his birthday. He just turned 27 years old, but he's still a young guy. He's the guy like we all had buddies that, that wanted to be the biggest guy in the gym, and he loves the attention. And he's doing it differently than everybody else. He's had success with it. He's the reigning U.S. Open champion. This was just one time when that approach, that very aggressive approach, and I'm going to do it my way, didn't work at Augusta National because you've got to do it their way. We're talking to Matt Adams about the Masters here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, back to the top. And your significant four-stroke leader is Justin Dustin Johnson. You just talked about his fluid game, his changing game, his advancing and maturing game. Mm. Why such a good fit to be sitting here at minus 16 with a round left to play? You know, the funny thing is with, with Dustin Johnson is I don't think he's heavily burdened with the weight of thought. He doesn't overthink things. He doesn't get consumed by things. He doesn't get in his own way. Now, that's not to say that 0 for 4 with a 54-hole lead or share of a lead at a major championship record would distinguish him. But as he moves on in his career, his philosophy is simply this. Just give me opportunities. Put yourself in a position where you're knocking on the door. What's happening with him right now is that a few years ago, when Dustin Johnson became the Dustin Johnson that we know him as today, it was because of what he did with the wedge in hand and the way that he dialed in his high-lofted club so that he could tag pins. His game right now, overall, is better than it has ever been. I'm not just talking about his power in driving the golf ball clearly and finding fairways, even though he was helped by, as I mentioned, the whiff of the fairways at Augusta National. It's every part of his game that's firing. He's putting the ball in the correct position on those greens that you have to do, and that comes from that, again, experience that you have to do it. But then he's making the putts that he needs to make. So that he right now, Jody Mack, if he shoots a 69 tomorrow, he will break the all-time scoring record at the Masters. Now, I get it. This is a different Masters than ever before, but there's only one set of records. And he will break the all-time scoring record at Augusta. And that's not a big leap for him because of what he can do to the par five at Augusta National. So this one for, for DJ, it's, it's more of a traditional approach, whereas we were talking about kind of a radical approach that, that Bryson DeChambeau has been successful with here to four. 
In the case of uh, Dustin, he gets up, he blasts the ball a mile, he finds it, he blasts it again, he knocks it on the green, he makes the putt. It's, it's a really simple approach that, like I said, isn't burdened by all of the anxiety and self-loathing that, that the other golfers seem to carry with them. I heard a great stat on the broadcast today, uh, stat, trend, call it what you want. But of the last 30 Masters championships, the winner has been in the top five going into Sunday, 30 out of 30. That no yeah. one has come from more than the top five to be able to wrestle away a championship. Now, we've seen some guys give away big leads, but at least the guy who caught him was in the top five prior to that. If that's the case and it holds serve and goes to 31 of 31, Cameron Smith, Abraham Anser, Sunghae Im, and Dylan Fratelli are the only ones with shots tomorrow. That right. just misses Justin Thomas and John Ram and Patrick Reed, who just won two years ago. Is this over? Is it a fait accompli that Dustin's winning this? You know, I would love to convince myself that if it was a decade ago, like it was at Pebble Beach, that he, he could trip over himself and that there might be an opportunity. But when you look at the guys who are directly behind him, who statistically in the last three decades have had a shot based upon what's happened at the history of Augusta National, none of them have come close to sniffing a major championship. And you have Dustin Johnson, who, yes, has one under his belt. He's already got over 20 wins on the PGA Tour. As I mentioned, he's playing better golf than he's ever played before. Even trying to convince myself that there's a chance to make it interesting as the last group was off at, what, 9.30-ish in the morning in order to get on the other side of uh, the NFL, I don't believe that there's much of a race left here. I, I, th I think it's run, and I think what Dustin Johnson has done is, is really now about where do you put yourself in those record books. I, I, if, if I were a betting man tonight, I'd say it's finished. It's his. He's on cruise control, and we've seen that he can play cruise control very well. Um, yeah. All right, so if someone isn't going to take him out of the aforementioned other four youngsters, newbies that are in the top four, or a Thomas or Rom or Reed or anyone else you want to put into the mix, who can really get something out of finishing second to Justin Johnson, or even third, but make a big move or do something else that they haven't already done? Some had pretty damn good rounds. At minus 12 to 3 is an accomplishment to itself. It's just badly placed in a year where you have DJ doing what he's doing. Who's the one who can gain the most from being the closest to Justin uh, when they wrap it up tomorrow? I think two names that you mentioned already, because it's the world of sport, right? And the world of sport is what have you done for me lately? So we always seem to concentrate on what a player does in the last round of any tournament when we cast forward. And the reason why that's particularly important right now is because we, yes, are in November of 2020. Yes, it is the Masters. Guess what's the first major of 2021? It's the Masters. So if somebody does really well, they're going to automatically be the subtitle coming into the Masters in April. If DJ continues to dominate and wins by a ton, obviously he's going to have the most attention where people are going to say, can he get his own kind of uh, Augusta slam from November to April? But the two names that stand out to me are John Rahm and Justin Thomas. And the reason why is because here you had numbers one, two, and three in the world, right at the top of the leaderboard. And numbers two and number three, both of whom would have ascended and disposed a DJ of his number one ranking if they were able to win. 
I think very much they're looking to assert themselves. I think very much they're looking to make a statement. Both are young men. One in Rom just had his birthday this week, too, to turn 26 years old. And in JT, he's only 27 years old. I think they both would like to send a very strong statement to say, I didn't give up. I went out there and I tried to shoot whatever number I could. Let's say they go out and they shoot a 65, even a 64. I still don't think it's going to be enough to catch Dustin Johnson because you have to not only shoot that number, he's got to give you help at the top, too, and, and not get anywhere near that in order for you to catch him. But that's the kind of stuff that I think is going to happen. So from that standpoint, who's going to finish second? I think it is an interesting story because I think you're going to see some really aggressive golf. You're going to see some players, namely those two, although I wouldn't put it past Patrick Reed either, to do something where they're going to really try to make a statement and, and play some shots that, maybe are not erring on the side of caution, but might be some spectacular golf if they pull it off. You mentioned back-to-back majors, although we've got an end of year that separate them, are going to be the Masters and the Masters. So next year's schedule is as of now, and I know we're still living in this COVID crazy world, but uh, the president did say that a... Uh, there is medical developments, and we may be looking at a vaccine rather quickly. Uh, if it that's the case and uh, they can have the schedule as they usually do, same exact as what was planned coming into this year, we go uh, Masters into PGA into the two Opens? Yeah, that's the, that is the plan right now, and that's what everyone is kind of fingers crossed hoping for. They're kind of hoping that, even whatever, whatever, as you put it, this COVID world uh, deals to us that even somehow that, that, you know, in Houston fans were reintroduced again and maybe there's a way with, you know, maps or what have you that that can be done safely so that fans on site can enjoy the golf again. Don't know. We don't know how all that's going to play out. But right now, yeah, it's looking like uh, November Masters, April Masters, and uh, just kind of a continuation of the head shaking. Can you believe what's going on here type of scenario? that we're in right now. I'll tell you one thing, though, Jody Mack. I've loved it. I've, I've loved that in the bizarre year, in the crazy year that's been 2020, a year in which we had, what, three national championships and three different sports in less than a 30-day period, that we seem to be capping off the men's side of the game with the Masters in November. We've got the Women's U.S. Open coming up in December. So it's, it's kind of a really nice way to end a year that really wasn't nice. That's a good positive attitude out of you, Mr. Adams. Two more quickies. Um, uh, you and I text before the tournament started. You gave me the two guys uh, you liked. I gave you the two I liked. We agreed on one. That was Jason Day, who got off to an okay start and then was really bad yesterday, and he did not make the cut, and it really wasn't close. Has he still got back issues? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's not the only one. There's, there's a lot of that. I mean, it, maybe it was your second question. I don't mean jumping ahead on it, but but we saw what happened with Tiger yesterday playing. You know, you go twenty something holes, mid twenties and holes for the average guy that that had to had to finish their round and then turn around and and play again. And that's the long day. That's that's the day that's going to grind on on these guys. And you saw it with Tiger Woods and how gingerly he started to move. And he said it's it's not so much in the hitting of the golf ball as bending down and getting it out of the hole and, and you know, the kind of twisting that just goes into uh, being around the game and, 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 and the walking and all the rest that goes into it. So, yeah, it takes it out of them. It's, it's a really hard property to walk anyway because it's so hilly and so steep. And then you add to it that you've got to finish up a round that wasn't able to be completed in the prior day because of, because of the light. 
and then you add to it that it's wet, which makes it soft and makes it even harder to walk. It makes what, what Bernhard Langer did even more amazing at 63 years old. It's head-shaking that he played as well as he did. So, yeah, if, if it was a physical ailment with Jason Day, it wouldn't surprise me at all because he's dealing with a lot of those. In Tiger Woods' case, we know what it was. He flat out said that he's really sore. Understood. And my last question wasn't going to be about Tiger. It was going to be about Matt Adams. I know you take care of your uh, loyal listeners when majors <laughs> roll around. What are you uh, giving out to your listeners this week following up the Masters? How did you know that? A, a, a Cleveland zip core wedge, 56 degrees is what I'll be giving out to somebody this week. We're asking people if they follow us on uh, Fairways of Life is the name of the show. If they follow Fairways of Life on Facebook or on YouTube. We're going to pick somebody from that list, and someone will get this new wedge. It's a beauty, I can tell you that. 56%. What does Mickelson use? Uh, 56 degrees. Uh, Mickelson degrees, has a whole array, but, but Mickelson actually uses even more loft <laughs> if he wants to. He has a array of them, but he can get even more loft because he hits it straight in the air. He can turn well, burgers over with it. We'll, we'll have your uh, listeners, loyal listeners, uh, shoot them like Phil before you know it. Matt, great <laughs> stuff as always. Appreciate it. Enjoy the tournament tomorrow. I'm with you. Thanks for selling the same story I'm selling. The chase is for two, but the chase for two could be exciting. We both think DJ's going to cruise. We'll see. If he chokes it up, I'll text you tomorrow and say, who's a bigger idiot, you or me? But uh, I, <laughs> It's me. I, I already know the answer. I think, we'll, I think we'll both be okay. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.